Hello everyone and welcome back to Now You're Playing With Power, a Nintendo podcast. My name is NBZ and I'm your host for this week as uh, I am uh, usually and uh, this is episode 23 and on this day of reckoning as many of the Scottish people around us are calling it, I'm joined by Bally. Hi NBZ, just say no. <laughs> just say no. Just, just, just do not go with the flow. No, no, no. It's, uh, it's how it's Solidarity, go. better together. Indeed, exactly. If you have no idea what we're talking about, <laughs> then that's fine. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Hopefully, by the time this podcast comes out, it will all be irrelevant. So, uh, let's get into things. Uh, what are we going to be doing this week, Bal? This is a video game podcast about Nintendo. So, uh, how about you tell the fine folks what we're going to be uh, chatting up? As normal, we're going to talk a bit about what we've been playing. We have some more of your emails. And then finally, we're going to talk a bit about the Smash Brothers roster. So all we now know fully what's what's happening with regards to Smash Brothers for the 3DS. We know the roster, the stages, etc. Some disappointments, some ups, some downs. Um, and we're also going to give some impressions of the demo that both both of us have been playing quite extensively actually so um, look look forward to that i have no fears in saying that this is probably the most i have ever played and will ever play a <laughs> demo in my life uh i, I probably put what have you wrapped around. up now i don't know i would say seven and a half maybe eight oh, hours wow. uh, i'm on about four and a half yeah it's uh god it's got its teeth in me it is so limited but Man, Smash is so much fun. Uh, we'll get yeah. to that, of course. But cool. uh, we're going to kick things off, of course, with what we've recently been playing the past couple of weeks. And, uh, Bali, how about you uh, let us know what you've been digging into? So, I've actually been playing an indie game. Now, I, like, never ever... I think this is the first indie game I've ever sort of um, owned and played for myself. I mean, I've played some games that you've had in the past, um, and that game is trying to director's cut. Which is my uh, favourite experience on Wii U, if you remember from our episode a while back when we talked about our, th- our three favourite uh, experiences on the system. Yeah, so um, already you're very positive about the game. Um, I'm pretty positive too, but I'll, I'll get into that. Um, so director's cut is trying to, but you get an extra seven levels. Is that correct? Well, basically what they did was the original game came out and then after release they uh, put out a DLC pack which was called the Goblin Menace DLC uh, and obviously that came out on Steam uh, and uh, I, th- I think it was only on PC for a while uh, but when it came to Wii U all of that was put out so I guess you could call it like a game of the year edition where they basically took the DLC and just added it onto the main game so you have the whole package uh, there uh, in one whole thing which is nice to just kind of kind of play all through in a single uh, sitting instead of you know having to wait yeah. in between so well yeah. i've not i've not played all of the um the goblin pack i'm i'm still working my way through the first level of that but i've i've completed the main game so the first 12 levels sure and yeah it took me about probably 13 and a half hours actually to to complete it all um and yeah. i'm i was really really impressed um i mean you'd been nagging me for ages to download this game and then I remember being out on a run in London and I got a text message and I always check my text at the end of a run so I checked at the end of the run and and then it was you saying Bally Bally you gotta download trying to it's on sale again and it was something like 50% off or something big 
so I bought it for something like £6, which was a really great deal because the amount of time I've sunk into this game. Um, I think, for me personally, what stands head and shoulders above the rest of the aspects of this game that I like the most is are the graphics, I should say, and the art. Um, I think that for an, especially for an indie game, I think the art in this game is unbelievable. And it's a really beautiful game. Yeah, it is so worth playing in HD. I, I must say, I did play a bit on the gamepad, and you kind of have to play a bit on the gamepad while you're using um, Amadeus the Wizard to use the touchscreen to create crates and control the physics, and that's sort of like his his main his main jam, as it were. Um, so yeah, I did play a bit on the on the gamepad but you've got to just try and play as much of this game with an hd screen as possible because it looks unbelievable like i i know i talk about graphics and games quite a lot on this podcast but this is probably the best i I'm, i might even say this is the best so far um perhaps i'm not sure um, and this is a launch title for Wii U, no less, from a really small studio from uh, finland i believe finland so. yes frozen bite yeah, Frozen Bites. Yes. I think it's really impressive what they managed to do. As a game that came out at the very beginning of Wii U's life, it has online that is working and functional. It has voice chat implemented mm. into that, and it has, you know, co-op for the entire campaign. It is, it's basically a perfect port of what the PC version is. And... To add to that, of course, you were saying that you're playing on the gamepad a lot to use the wizard in his boxes. I think Wii U is definitely the best console version of this game because if you don't have a touchscreen to be able to, you know, draw that stuff and move it around easily, uh, you're using analog sticks. And let me tell you for a fact, having tried that uh, when we did a bit of co-op of this, it's not fun uh, to try and make those boxes with analog sticks. So yeah. in this case, the, the gamepad is a perfect analog for a mouse uh, and keyboard and uh, it just works fantastically. Um, so the main premise of the game is that you swap, you're swapping between three characters, a wizard, a sort of thief rogue style character and a sort of heavy hitter knight character. And the three characters represent the main three forms, the, the main three things you're doing in this game, I should say. So those are, uh, platforming, puzzles and fighting and, I would argue that the majority of the game, or the majority of time you're spending playing the game, are probably the puzzles, followed right. by the platforming, um, and then you, you're, the fighting is very, very interspersed. So you, you can be walking along through a level for about three or four or five minutes without doing any fighting at all, and then all of a sudden you'll be become sieged upon by a horde of goblins. And so if you're looking for like a, like a fast-paced um 2d platform with quite a lot of combat or fighting um this probably isn't the right game for you because i do think it is incredibly slow paced um and i was just saying before mbz but each level for me personally took roughly an hour sometimes an hour and a half and and, and if you know what you're doing on these levels it'll, it can take us as short a time as maybe 15 to 20 minutes but just sort of the, the time you spend experimenting, drawing crates, creating platforms, trying to get past obstacles is where 
I found myself spending the most time. And there were quite a few times where I'd have to check online something because there was just no way I was going to be able to get past. And yeah, but. Yeah, and sometimes, I mean, even checking online can't help you to a full degree because I find that the physics in this game are so free flowing and. It feels like this physics sandbox in which you can almost do anything. That mm. when you figure out a solution to a puzzle, like some games make you have that feeling that you have done it in the only way and there is no other way to do it. And there are some games where you're like, oh wow, how did I do that? Like there's no other way to do this. This is a game where legitimately you could create a solution for a puzzle that no one who has ever played that game before has ever done in the exact same way just because of the fluidness of the how the physics work and the the weird contraptions you can set up yeah i mean like you said there's just so many different ways to how you can get past obstacles and and so it's it's just the way the game goes from these obstacles so you just get past say a a big gap that you had to work some sort of bridge across and then you finally get across and then all of a sudden this this there's a sort of like this celtic theme tune that always kicks in whenever there's fighting about to happen which is really nice it feels very sort of um almost lord of the rings and it's just kind of like all right the music's kicking in the goblins are coming and then you swap to your knight hack slash hack slash hack slash sorry i should say and then it's cleared and then you move on and then there might might be some more platforming and then it's just the way the levels are designed i love that it mixes up the elements and it's not just puzzle after puzzle after puzzle that that it does feel broken up and i that's what i really like about this game and it does seem that there are multiple solutions to each one so you could be using different characters to approach the situations did did you find that while you were going through the main game you were clutching or sorry uh crutching should i say on one character over the other um i'd say that my default was the rogue so this is a platformer game in general um the rogue has the ability to fight a bit because she can use her arrows um and at the same time she's very good at platforming i think her jump is ever so slightly bigger or maybe that's just what i think um and obviously she has the claw shot or the hook shot or the grapple whatever you call it i'm getting to zelda right now it's, but um, it's basically yeah just a rope that grapples yeah, onto wood, a, wooden surfaces yeah, and you can so, swing and use it like uh yeah like a kind of grappling hook so i'd were. say i would by default be her and then if a fight ensued i'd swap to the knight and likewise if a it's quite clear when you you're going to need the wizard for a certain um sections because there'll just be massive gaps and then you can create planks and crates and yeah it's just so cool that the way that this game uh treats that so yeah i'd say i I play the rogue the most and then swap to the other two when needed yeah i I definitely think that she is the most versatile and uh she definitely feels the best to control she's a fastest also so you can get through areas pretty quickly uh but i did feel i use the wizard a lot uh, especially because I never really played this game co-op at all. Um, and when you're doing that, it means you really want to upgrade the wizard so you have multiple uses of boxes and uh, you can kind of you know create areas uh, to get up to uh, gems and everything and all that good stuff. So so yeah, that, that did seem like something... And we I, have I played really maybe three to four levels together, I think, MBZ. So we played a couple when I got the game a while back and we also did a, a couple the other day when i was at your house um and 
there are elements that feel a bit cheap when you're using co-op. You have the option of someone being the wizard and then you can just stand on a crate and then the player, person playing as the wizard can just move that player to any point. Um, I actually think there is an option, an option in the options to turn that off. I'm or, sure there is. Yeah, yeah, so maybe we could have used that some other time. But the co-op does really excel with this game and it, it, it don't get me wrong it's great fun uh playing single player and I, i've played most of the game single player and it's really good it's just that the co-op really does come alive um and especially with the wii u because one player's on the game pad and then the other player can be the rogue or the knight it works it's like a nice synergy going on definitely and you know having it a possible three-person online co-op as well just it's it's one of those things that you know Nintendo never does, and mm. I don't see them doing anytime soon. So it's it's one of those unique experiences, I think. I'll My only issue with the game, and I was saying this before recording, I said, but and it's maybe an unfair issue uh, because of what they're going for with this game. So, like you said, it's a very physics-based sandbox. There's bits of crates, planks. Um, open contraptions, gates, stuff like that, going all over the place. Um, so it's really hard. I don't know all the technicals behind sort of how the Wii U would process all of this, but there was one point, for example, I was playing the game yesterday and I got to an area where you're meant to fight lots of goblins. So I swapped to my knight, I clear the area, but then there's a gate where an enemy got stuck behind and basically there was no way for me to advance because what I needed was the gate to open, the enemy come out, I defeat the enemy, and then I go back through the gate. And basically there's no there's no reset button um, to just say, oh, all the physics got stuck. or Because I do think it would be possible to get certain items stuck in certain places um, other than this gate that was annoying me. So it, it's, it would have been nice if there was some sort of reset button, but at the same time, whenever you die and you go back, because th- there's frequent checkpoints throughout all the levels. So whenever you die, you go back to the most recent checkpoint. Um, and then when you continue on from that checkpoint, any enemies you'd already defeated remain defeated and there's no respawning enemies, which is nice. But Yeah, and even if you're fighting a boss, like in the middle of a boss fight, the health will be exactly the same as it was when you died, which yeah. uh, I think is definitely works really well for this game because if if they put you up against some of those bosses and said you only have one life to do this, it, it would be really frustrating because they are kind of unforgiving with those guys. Yeah, and... I think maybe the story is something I've not mentioned yet. It's an okay story. It's it's more stylish in terms of the environments than actual nitty gritty of the story. I, I can't even it's, really remember. It's kind remember of very generic fantasy. Yeah, fare, it's you like know, you're overall. following some princess who's been trapped or something by her sister Rosabelle, who turns out to be bad, and then. It's a bit wishy-washy, but the cutscenes are quite nice, and the banter between the three um, characters is quite nice. I did enjoy Yeah, I, that. I think those dialogue sections are good. And, yeah. You know, in terms of the overall atmosphere, it's uh, it's got some fantastic music going on. There's really good sound design, uh, and and overall, just a general great uh, atmospheric feel. Yeah. You get, uh, and through, the final so. boss is pretty cool. Um, uh, but yeah, all the all the environments are easily the the best bit of this game, um, and it's a really long game. Great value for money, like I said. I've still got loads of levels to play, so I'm going to be getting on with those, and we'll tell everyone about them next time. 
Um, but yeah, that's all I've been playing really. Well, other than the Smash Brothers demo, which we'll get to in a bit. But um, MBZ, on to you. Uh, yeah, so uh, I guess uh, I have had myself dive back into the world of Wario, uh, our good friend, our buddy, uh, who uh, I was not very kind to a couple episodes back when I was uh, on the Game Boy game Wario Land 2. But we love Wario, how could you be so mean? Oh, you can't you can't hate Wario for too long, man. You know, he's got WarioWare, he's he has had some duff games here and there, but uh, you always gotta go back to him. And um I'm getting back to Wario in a big way because I just played a Wii game which he stars in, which I'm gonna say right now is probably one of my favourite 2D platformers I've ever oh, played. I think excellent. I think this is fantastic. So what I'm talking about is Wario Land, the Shake Dimension, as it's called in Europe. Um, in America, it's called Wario Land Shake It, which I don't know which one I prefer out of those. Why did they change the name like that? What I don't understand. You know, like, like why, why is Luigi's Mansion in Europe, Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon, but doesn't have, Luigi, doesn't have the two after it, or maybe it does have the two in America. It does, you know, naming conventions can go fuck themselves, honestly, because I honestly don't see a difference in how it makes any any real uh change but um whatever it's 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 the shake dimension here it's shake it in america whatever you want to call it doesn't matter to me but um it's great it's a fantastic 2d platformer um it's kind of interesting to draw a parallel between you know trying to and this because you're calling out one of your favorite aspects of trying to as being the artwork and the graphic design and just the visuals in general warrior land shake it is really really compelling in that arena as well um the hand-drawn art is absolutely fan-fucking-tastic. And it's developed by, um, I keep forgetting, Goodfeel, isn't it? Goodfeel, yes. yeah, it's, it's developed by Goodfeel. The interesting thing, though, is that um, a lot of the character art and animations were handled by a Japanese anime studio. That's um, awesome. They're called, they're called Production IG, apparently. And uh, they, they did a lot of the background stuff, and they helped with the cutscenes. Um, and there are only a couple of cutscenes in the game. There's the opening and closing one but they they look like saturday morning cartoons really they're really well uh, well done and, and they kind of you know set up the story in a nice way even though it's a warrior land game so literally who gives a fuck about the story let's be honest but um but it it just looks fantastic the amount of detail in the animations that warrior performs and all the enemies and everything it does look like a cartoon in motion it really reminds me of rayman uh, legends and origins and how gorgeous those hand-drawn games are obviously this isn't in hd but i i've been playing on wii u and obviously it's running through the hdmi cable uh, into my tvs but it still looks great uh, regardless of that it still, it still looks fantastic and you know i would I would praise it for for the visuals, uh, despite it being a standard definition quality. Um, so, so that's one thing that I am really high on. Uh, What's and, the level uh, like? So, I've played Warrior Land four. That's the only Warrior Land I've played. And you're you charge to the level, you hit the blue thing, the timer starts, and then you get back to the exit. What's the What's the format of this Warrior Land, especially compared to Warrior Land two, where which you described as the black sheep of the the series? So, how how What's sort of like the format of this one? So, Warland Shake It uh, takes very much from 4. It takes from the formula of 4 and builds upon it and 
does much more interesting stuff, I feel, uh, and uh, and makes the levels much more varied and unique uh, and interesting in, in a variety of different ways. But it does still retain the premise of getting to the end, uh, you know, hitting a checkpoint and basically running back to the start. Uh, the interesting difference here is that now when you get to the end, you basically... Uh, find a cage with a bird locked in it, pick it up and shake it. And, you know, this is one of those main things that is part of the game, is shaking the Wii remote. You cruel, cruel man. Yeah, well, he's in a cage, you've got to get him out somehow, so how does Wario break shit? Well, he shakes it in this game. He gets his big old hands and uh, rub-a-dub-dub, uh, out comes the bird. And the bird basically has an arrow, and the arrow points you the direction you need to go. So, all of a sudden, you're not worried anymore about losing your direction and not knowing how to get back to the start of the level, because, hey, this little guy's there and he's pointing you exactly where you need to go um so if you found that a problem in warland 4 which i personally really didn't most of the time then that's one of those things fixed like instantly like that it's, it's really nice and uh, it kind of uh, smooths things out on that end um you talked but- to the, the game's obviously called shaker and you just talked about how you shake the bird cage um what else do you shake you shake many things, Bali. Okay. Shaking is uh, is a core mechanic in this game. So it's kind of interesting because obviously a core tenant of the Wario Land series is him collecting money and uh, getting all of it and buying a big mansion at the end most of the time. Now, as I said before, Wario Land 2 did this and didn't make me care about it whatsoever. Uh, in this game, you shake bags of money to get money out. And it's actually really satisfying because... The, the faster you do it, the more it comes out. It just starts spilling everywhere. And you have to collect it before it all disappears. So already they kind of have the core tenet of collecting the money being more satisfying. Is there a bit of rumble while you're doing it? There is. I oh, think excellent. the Wii Remote does does kind of build that in. So you like you get that feeling like, oh, I've got to shake the shit out of this bag, get my cash money and get to the store. And uh, that's, that's the main uh, way they implement money is getting to the store because in the store you have uh, the possibility to buy new areas so beating an area won't necessarily unlock it because you have to have enough money to buy the map to get to it so for all intents and purposes you could just go replay a level again and again and again get a bunch of money and go from the first level to the last level instantly and not even have to worry about anything in between although I I believe to get to the end game you need to defeat all five bosses from the five main areas so that wouldn't work anyway but you have an element of choice there if you really want to you can just stick in the first world and go through those same levels again uh, and just get as much money as you can to unlock the final one but um, I think that it's best to just go with the traditional way of just moving from one to two to three as, as it were because you know you learn more stuff as you go and I, I do think there is uh, somewhat of a difficulty ramp up so that makes the most sense. How how long is the game? Like, do the do the are the missions about the same length as say Warrior Land Four? And and like, I think Warrior Land Four has maybe fifteen levels or something. I can't remember. Yeah, I w- I would say that it's it's probably a bit longer. Although overall, I would say mission length is kind of similar maybe shorter than that you know the it, it varies from from one to another as as most platformers do you can have much longer and shorter levels but um it's it's a good pace i think and it's one that i found enjoyable and the ramp up was uh, ramp up was good uh, in terms of the difficulty and all that so uh so yeah i would i would say it's most similar to to four uh, in that aspect um but there's some really just interesting stuff they do with the shaking mechanic and the 
the use of the Wii Remote. Now, there's no pointing involved, so you're not using the IR, you're not using any kind of shooting at the screen, but there's a lot of tilt, there's a lot of use of the gyro, and it's used in some really compelling and just innovative ways that I I didn't think this game would go to. And I don't want to spoil any of them because I know that you want to play the game and you want to kind of discover these for yourself, but each world does seem to have a core mechanic tied to the gyro uh, that you'll be using throughout each of those levels. And then they do kind of try and tie those into the bosses somewhat as well. But um, but they really do some weird stuff that I didn't see coming. And uh, and yeah, I'm sure that you'll uh, you'll have a lot of fun with those. But I don't really want to go any any more on that end because uh, I might spoil something. So one thing I really noticed while watching you play, because I saw you play a, a little bit a, a little while ago, um, was that the screen it's it's not widescreen. It's no, sta- it's like standard, and I'm just wondering. It's four by three, basically. Yeah, what, what, why? And what what do they always put in the two bars at the side? Um, you know, I I didn't really pay much attention to that, to be honest. I was so absorbed by just the enjoyment I had playing the game that it never really bothered me that it was running in four by three. And I do believe there's nothing of relevance on the bars on the side. And uh, you know, most of the HUD is on the actual screen, like your life bar and uh, and your gold count and all that stuff. So. It didn't really uh, didn't really make a difference, honestly. Okay. Um, it's just one of those things that you maybe notice at the start, but you'll soon forget as you start to play it. Um, so, so I guess that's a, an interesting thing. Um, but yeah, no, no, I, you know, the life bar, of course, returns in this game. Something that wasn't present in Warrior Land Two. Are, are there um, are there pits? Yeah, there are. Okay. There are definitely. There are definitely uh, those. But uh, you know, it's it still kind of retains that that feel. It just goes one step further it feels so much smoother than Warland 4 or any of the previous ones it, it just there are so many interesting things and it's so colourful as well it's a really bright and colourful game with varied environments and different places to go and just huge amounts of uh, theming going on I think uh, it, it so. was the first Land since Warland 4 right like this is effectively Land 5 effectively yeah yeah and that, this was 2008 uh, maybe around that time. See, that's I think... that's like a seven-year gap because I'm pretty sure Warrior Land Four was about 2001. So it's good to see that they've improved it a lot in that time time gap and not just churned out the same old thing again. Yeah, and I think it was really good to give it to Goodfeel because yeah. those guys do some really fascinating stuff with Nintendo IPs, and of course, you know they've recently did uh, Kirby's Epic Yarn, and they're doing the new Yoshi game. So uh, excited World. for that game! <laughs> it, yeah, it looks really, really great, and um, and I think that they're going to do a lot of fun stuff. You know, Kirby had loads of interesting, weird power-ups that again use the gyro and the motion control in super fascinating ways. Um, and I'm looking forward to how you know in the Yoshi game on Wii U that they try and shake stuff up with a gamepad because I think they could do some really uh, cool stuff there. I don't uh, want to go off a, a tangent too much, but you showed me some... It was some art design, I think, and I think it was by Next Level Games um, yeah. for a potential Metroid game. Yeah. See, that that artwork reminded me of Goodfeel artwork, but wasn't Goodfeel, it was Next Level Games. So I was just thinking, like, it'd be so cool if Goodfeel did take up a 2D Metroid game and gave it a similar cartoony style that that artwork mm. suggested that Goodfeel could perhaps do. I don't know. I'm just yeah. putting I ideas mean, together. 
I, I think I think that Goodfeel are generally, in relation to their company name, much more about the happy-go-lucky uh, of Nintendo franchises. So, yeah, true. And uh, you know, in keeping with you know Wario being kind of light-hearted and you know farting all the time and being an idiot. And then Kirby and Yoshi of a very very child-friendly, yes. Kirby and Yoshi, very kid-friendly stuff, right? So uh, so I think that they uh, they. It would be really interesting to see how they approach a Metroid game, but it definitely would not stick with the core tenets of that series yeah. uh, if, if they were to do it. Um, but uh, I, I think just one of my favorite things about Wario Shake Dimension Shake it, I really don't, I'm just going to say Wario Shake. The Wario <laughs> Shake game um, is how challenging and yet fair it is. Because let me tell you, some of these bosses are just brutal they 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 remind <laughs> me a lot of kind of donkey kong country bosses in terms of the very original game i've never played the original donkey kong country but i have watched uh, an lp of it and i know that the very last boss of that game is really tough it's a lot of pattern memorization and it lasts a long time but once you get it down once you're focused and you know what you're doing it's one of the most satisfying things so that's very much how i see a lot of the bosses in mario land uh, shake it uh that they are so tough and you start them and you're like what the fuck how am i ever supposed to beat this guy but you figure it out you think of ways to do it you make sure you're not losing health at uh, certain times you get the timing down and it's just precision and uh, you know uh, execution and you're done and yeah they are really really great so very diametrically opposed to warrior land 2 in the sense that those bosses were just straight up fucking unfair and i make no bones about that <laughs> that was bullshit these bosses they're hard they'll challenge you but you can do them you can get through them and uh man that final one had me going for a long time but i persisted and i you know kept concentration and uh wow finishing that guy was hella satisfying i tell you what tell so you good what. feel of mel- made you felt feel good <laughs> yes, get that out there. yes yes they have they've they done have. their job they've restored my faith in the warrior land series and uh i'd really be interested in uh in a new one of these because i guess there hasn't been one since and, this game and came you've out. played one through three as well as four no i've played one and two, one and two. i haven't played three and I've played Shake Dimension. So the only game I have not played in this series so far is Mario Land 3. So I'm, and is that on the 3DS Virtual Console? I believe it is. And uh, I, I recently heard on uh, RFN, Johnny Metz was uh, finishing this game up and uh, did say that this was a much better game than Mario Land 2 and uh, one of the better ones in the series. So uh, I'm interested in it at some point to pick it up. So uh, maybe in the future we'll we'll hear about that game. But uh, cool. for now, those are my thoughts on Warrior Land, Shake Dimension, Shake It. If you can find this game somewhere cheap, pick it up. It's it's what I did, and I do not regret it one bit. It's uh, definitely one of uh, one of those kind of diamonds in the rough uh, of the Wii's back catalogue. So, uh, so yeah, go ahead. Get at it. And uh, I'll be lending that to you, Bally. At some yeah, point, I'm so you definitely keen to play this. Excellent. Well, uh, that is going to close us out for what we've been playing in the past couple of weeks. We are going to uh, take a quick break here, but don't go anywhere because we shall return with some of the emails you have sent our way. We'll be right back.
Okay, everyone, welcome back to the second segment of our show, in which we shall be answering some of your emails that you have sent very kindly to us at our email address, which Bally will so kindly tell you. NYPPQuestions at gmail.com, and I'm afraid we are running out yet again, so keep them coming, please. Yes, uh, you know, you you got to get on those keyboards, type away, and give us the questions that uh, you so desire to be answered by us. Uh, and I hope that uh, there are some of those out there. Otherwise, we're going to have to come up with some different segments uh, if we don't have enough people writing in. So do it. Keep doing it. It's always good. All right, Bali, uh, what about the first email? Let's go. So our first email this week is from Klex Yoshi. Dear MBZ and the man who was playing my favourite video game ever made in the Evers. I know you folk are very much a Nintendo podcast and from a younger generation than I or some others, but I'd like to ask a question that gets away from Nintendo for a bit. You people are from the UK, the land of super best friend pals and the Mega Man ZX Spectrums. You got the Jet Set Willies and the Fire and Ice Handy Dogs and all sorts of things. Uh, companies like Rare made, but just for these sorts of early home computers like the BBC Micro and the Commodore 64 and the Amiga. My question to you esteemed chaps is if you've ever picked up a Kempston joystick and played some of these classics and that are very much regionally designed for your respective 50 hertz world you you all lived in once upon a time if you have share your stories sincerely Klex Yoshis of Mount Lava Lava Mushroom Kingdom I'm surprised he didn't include uh, the the Yoshi's uh, full official name of course of course which is uh, uh, Yoshi saw uh, T Munch T Yoshi saw Muncha Coopers I think is what it was I've never uh, heard recently. that before in my life you, you, did you not come across that news story uh, no, basically, someone someone uh, found. I think it was the the guy who's writing the book Console Wars, or the guy who wrote that book Console Wars, mm-hmm. uh, which we kind of talked about a little while ago. Uh, <clears throat> came up with this uh, old Nintendo uh, pamphlet or something from the eighties or whatever that had uh, the full official name for Yoshi, which uh, goes something like that: uh, Yoshi saw T T Yoshi, yeah, T Yoshi saw Muncha Coopers. I guess the T stands for like Tyrannosaur or something or something yeah anyway my, my yoshi plushie is just staring at me in the eyes right now wondering what the <laughs> hell you're talking about <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure a lot of our listeners will have uh will have come up with that story anyway so i, I hope i'm reaching some of you with that anyway uh, let's talk about this question have we have we ever played any of these games um i or systems i when back in the day uh had an Amiga. Now, I didn't buy this of my own accord. I obviously was far too young when the Amiga came out, or I wasn't even in existence at that point in time. Uh, But uh, I did have one, and the reason I had one was because my cousin, who's about 10 years older than me, uh, handed one down. And uh, uh, I think I was maybe around 7 or 8 years old when I acquired it. So I I think you could say it was probably the first game system, or at least like home computer-based game system I ever owned because my first console was the PlayStation 1 and that wasn't until maybe a couple of years after that so so I I had an Amiga from him and uh, it had a joystick it had uh, I think it was like a third-party joystick it didn't seem like an official one but it had an A and B button it had the full joystick uh, set up I had the keyboard and everything the mouse and everything came on floppy disks that's right games, oh I remember yeah I remember games on this. floppy disks which yeah. uh 
you know, for you people who are, uh, you know, just of, I guess, the 2000s slash late 90s era and have no idea what that is, floppy disk was, uh, I guess, the uh, precursor to the CD. See, the thing that tricks you about the floppy disk is that the the it's not floppy, and but the actual it disc, kind of is the thing. Well, it's not floppy, but the actual disk that is being protected by the plastic casing is floppy. Right. That's that's. I learned that when I was younger, and I I, I told everyone it when I found out about that because I what? was always confused why they were called floppy disks. I didn't know that, so thank you for yeah. enlightening me about the no nature of, of the title floppy disk. <laughs> uh, if if you want to find out about floppy disks, come to me. Yeah, Bali knows a huge amount, clearly. But so, but so the way it worked is that you would uh, put in your floppy disk into the uh, main computer, and it had this, uh, the monitor, which was really big and sort of bulky, you know, like a classic CRT TV, I guess. And um, and booting it up was somewhat troublesome. Uh, I think I had a lot of issues at that time trying to get games to work. Some of them did, some of them didn't. And uh, there was one in particular. I can't quite remember the name of it. It's some, it had something to do with like a temple and an escape. Or, or something like that. It was in an adventure game and it had like four discs to it. It was really big and it was really large. And my cousin actually, you know, he came up during the Edinburgh Festival one year and uh, with his, one of his friends because he was performing, uh, doing something as part of his university. And uh, he was maybe 19 at the time, so I was about nine. And uh, he tried to get it to work on the Amiga and it just wasn't having it. So I've, I, to this day, I've never played that game and I can't remember what it is, which is really kind of annoying. But there are a lot of games that I did play on the system. And um, I remember- I remember coming round to your house and we'd spend a whole day just playing these games or or I'd just sit there watching you play these games and it was just this was before we we played any games really I mean I think I played a few PC games at home but that was yeah. it yeah, and uh, and so there were some some good standouts. Uh, do you remember the Simpsons game I had, yes. which was uh, I think Bart versus the Aliens or something along those lines? It was one of the better ones. It was quite fast paced. I remember, and he was on his skateboard, etc. Bart was on the skateboard, and. It was like yeah. platforming, 2D platformer. Right, it was like a 2D side-scroller when you're you're on a skateboard and you have to like use your paint can to spray stuff on the walls. Um, and I literally couldn't get past the first level because <laughs> I was just really terrible. Um, but uh, but that was an interesting one. It had like some some kind of uh, cutscene beforehand, which was like basically an animation drawn from The Simpsons, uh, which is really weird at that time to see like the amount of technology that was being used to to push that stuff but that was fun uh we did play a bit of that even though we never really got very far in it um another game which i was a big fan of was afterburner now i'm not sure if you remember this one the driving game yeah i do remember this one i know this isn't the driving game i can't remember what the driving game was even called and you've just kind of brought that back into my mind oh afterburner is the jet fighter one right afterburner is a jet fighting game where you go through levels and uh it's it's using 3d technology i'm I'm guess it's kind of the precursor to like the super effects chip or something because uh or something even maybe more powerful at that time I, i can't even remember what it was but uh Afterburner is a really, really cool game. It's uh, you know you're you're in a jet, you're going through these levels, and you're shooting 
pilots in front of you um, and you have to stop at areas to fill up your fuel and stuff and uh, that was probably the game that I got the furthest in I got maybe four or five levels into that before you know eventually coming up against some really tough stuff and ended up dying uh, a lot of times but um, I think that was a really good game for the setup we had because it was using a joystick and you know joystick is very much used in you know flight simulation games and those kind of things so um, that was a fun one that was a lot of fun um now you've got me really thinking, Bally. What the hell was yeah, the name of that it, driving game? It was, it was weird. I believe because... it was like a motorbike, motorcycle game or something. Um, I want to say it was like monster trucks. No, no, no. Um, definitely not. It was okay. definitely either some sort of motorcycle rally game. But I remember there were like there were a lot of uh, you could like drive up the sides of walls a lot. It was quite uh, weird. I think you're thinking of a really different game than I'm thinking really? of. On it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one I've got in my mind mm. is just a straightforward kind of uh, motorcycle racing game. Um, I'm not sure what where your where yours is coming from. Maybe some weird hallucinated <laughs> yeah, I, dream, I, I, but I I, I can't think yeah. of anything that fits that description. Strangely enough, uh, that I played on the Amiga. Um, yeah, nothing. Nothing's really come to mind. Um, I guess the last one that I really remember. I know there are a couple I remember. Uh, Wizorb. You remember Wizorb? Beep 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 beep. Hello, this is post editing Zed here. Uh, just to let you guys know that through this segment we refer to this game as Wizorb. That is not actually its name. The correct name for this game is Wizball. Uh, the reason I was calling it Wizorb and I thought Bally would remember it as Wizorb, well, first of all, he hadn't played it in years, so he wouldn't remember. But I played a game uh, last year on PC, which is a pinball RPG called Wizorb. It's very fun, it's really cool, so you should check that out as well. It's on PC and available on Steam, uh, but uh, just so you know, we will refer to this game as Wizorb for the duration of this segment, whereas in fact, the game on the Amiga was called Wizball. So, easy mistake to make, but uh, back to the episode. It's like a... Okay, let me try. Let me try. Wait, wait. I know okay, this. All right. I know this. It's like a, a puzzle game and you're like a ball or something. Right, but you're like a green ball with a face. Oh, you have a face? Okay, I right. I think so. I can't remember. As far that. as I remember, the, and, and I think the box art for it was that f- faced green ball. You're a green oh, ball with a face and you're bouncing like, around. Like, yeah, it's levels. like, yeah, okay, it's like a platformer. It's like a, yeah, it's a weird, weird platformer. I remember the name Wizorb really clearly. Yeah. Like, really, I just remember your, you saying Wizorb all the time. Like, uh-huh. yeah, anyway. Anyway, yeah, Wizorb was interesting. I don't think we got too far in that one either, but. The one that I uh, remember quite a lot of is a super strange game, uh, James Pond. Uh, clearly, licensing in those days was not as stringent as it is in copyright these days. Uh, so James Pond was uh, an adventure about a, a, a secret agent seal uh, who went through levels uh, with his, his underwater gun and stuff and uh, shot bad guys and I, I feel like it was similar to like a Mario 64 setup where you went inside the castle and went to levels from there although I can't really Oof. be that clear about now it now you're testing my memory I, uh, I can't remember but uh, yeah. you don't have any images of your head of James Pond at I all I do then? but all I remember is that he's a 2D like, it's a 2D platform side scroll or whatever with a gun and he's a seal yeah i do remember yeah. another 2d side scroller or platformer you had um and it was like uh it's like a, set in a jungle or something and there, there was 
quite a lot of jumping mm. in that. I can't remember. Oh, I think that was Thundercats. Thundercats, yeah. I think there was a Thundercats game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As in the Thundercats? As in like the Thundercats. It was a licensed game for the ah, Thundercats, yeah. Cool. That was another one. Yeah, that was like a beat em up side scroller going on, uh, stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, that yeah. was another. I completely forgot about that. You just really jogged my memory there. Wow. Uh, well, so, so in short, I guess, uh, even though we haven't given you a short answer, uh, yeah. Uh, so I owned an Amiga and we played a lot of those games back in the day. Uh, it was a lot of fun, really. And unfortunately, I no longer have the Amiga. It was, uh, I, I kind of think it broke down at some point and I could never really get it to work again. And so we gave it away to a charity shop and uh, I guess that's the last I saw of it. But um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much my experience with old British video games. Uh, as far as that goes so cool. I hope that was enlightening in some form yeah it really jogged my memory a bit there yeah <laughs> yeah um, definitely so Judging things up our next email is from Justin hi guys just listen to the new 3DS episode my question is what new unannounced features would you like to see in the new 3DS one thing I would like to see is the ability to have more than one application open at once or the ability to keep one game in suspension and open up something else at the same time I realise the potential of unannounced features differing from what we've seen is a bit unlikely, but one can dream, right? Great show, guys. Keep it up. Okay. Uh, so there is a lot of potential new things that could happen with the 3DS. I think the thing that he's mentioning the most... The new 3DS. Oh, let's not. Let's not. <laughs> let's not do that again. Um, definitely interesting that he brings up uh, multitasking as a feature because you know with a more powerful processor and increased RAM and everything it's potentially a thing that could happen and this is one of the key tenants of the PlayStation Vita where you can open a game and then you can pause it while you still have another application open um, but with the 3DS it's more limited than that right you can have certain applications yes. open while you've paused the 3DS game so if you for example had the ability to open the eShop at the same time as a game that would be something considered you know more progressive right because you can't currently do that i believe on either the wii u or the 3ds so um so that is that's a really cool thing and a cool idea i have a feeling you might be able to do it on the wii u actually i don't think you can open the e-shop are you sure Uh, maybe you can because the e-shop because the e-shop is in the same bar at the bottom on the wii u along with um, hmm. the Miiverse and the browser which are the two main functions that work yeah, with I guess um, I actually yeah I guess 3DS. you're probably all right there yeah yeah, yeah I, think, I mean that's yeah. that's like that would be a cool feature but it's not for me it wouldn't be much of a big deal I mean if I'm buying something on the eShop in general I'm not really playing a game but um that'd be one thing one thing I'd really like to see with just the upped power of the system is just for them to go whole hog on like um, new downloadable software. So this can either be a uh, virtual console, of which I'd love to see like a proper N64 and GameCube sort of um, virtual console on the new 3DS. I think that would oh, be really geez. nice to see. That would be great. It would be nice if they sorted that out on Wii U first of all, but sure. Exactly. Or maybe this is their opportunity to just launch that that um, a, a more unified shop that could right. work on the two, and maybe maybe only N sixty four and GameCube games could work on the two systems combined or something. Or like, right. Well, I mean that kind of leads into what I would really want is uh, basically making that final step towards 
pushing the systems close together, right? Yeah. Uh, having having the much more unified, uh, you know, cross buy system or cross, uh, you know, play system, you know, that they have on, yeah. on PlayStation, where you can just buy the game once. It's on both systems. You can save it between both systems, and it's easy to pick up and play. And save states will pass over and all that good stuff. I realize that that's maybe asking a lot, but if they are re-engineering the 3DS uh, to this degree, then I think that's something they really should think about. And you know, people have been calling for it for a long time. And at this point, it's it's kind of unforgivable that they haven't done it. So, uh, so yeah. that's what I would like to see most uh, most of all. I, th- I still think it's unbelievable that the Wii U Virtual Console has no N64 games, considering that was like one of the biggest features of the Wii. And that was at launch. Like, at launch, there were yeah. N64 games at launch on the Wii Virtual Console. It's ridiculous that they're not even on Wii U yet. It was about one new N64 game every week consistently. A bit like what we're getting with the Game Boy Advance just now. Yeah, um, it was it was really the, the, the cream of the crop. But then, you know, with N64, you do tend to run out of games. A lot of them were first party. And then there's licensing issues with things like Perfect Dark and Boundary Kazooie because of Rare and their situation. So... It was much harder, I think, uh, on them with that. But you know, for the at least when it launched, it was it was going at a pretty good pace. But um, at this mm. point, yeah, it's I mean, down the ditches. Other than sort of a better eShop or more vir- stuff on the virtual console or more unifying between the the, the new 3DS and the Wii U, that that in all honesty, I think Nintendo are doing a really good job, and there's little more I really want to see from the system for me personally. Just the increased power and hopefully speeding up all the processes, whether that's playing online or loading up the Miiverse. Um, for example, we now have found out that Smash Brothers on 3DS doesn't work with the Miiverse. Like, you can't open Miiverse while Smash Brothers is open on the 3DS. Just something simple like being able to open Miiverse while you're on um, the uh, Super Smash Brothers for the new 3DS would be nice. Um, and I think that's easily going to happen just because it yeah. has the ability and power to do that. And it's similar things with like the Pokemon games where you can't have those games in 3D a lot of the time because it's just... I, I think it's just not well coded enough that it, it just doesn't work that well. But, you know, there, there are those issues and, and hopefully it would run much better on, on the new system. So that's what... I think yeah. uh, will happen, and but, and some um, more remakes. Like it's great to see Xenoblade coming. I'd be open for something like I don't know, Mario Sunshine or. Galaxy. I prefer that on Wii U, honestly. Yeah, I mean, know? I would. Pre- I agree. I'd prefer um, that on Wii U because it would look incredible, and they could do a proper HD remake. And I was so pleased with the HD remake for Wind Waker that it'd be nice to see. Um, something else, and maybe that's a reason why Nintendo have been so slow with. Um, N64 and GameCube Virtual Console. Right, because they have the opportunity to basically repurpose them and sell them to you for a higher price. Exactly. Uh, so... And I am totally up for that. I mean, if if it looks better, they add in one or two new features, a bit like what they did with Wind Waker, that'd be really nice. It could be, potentially. I think the other big thing is battery life, but you know the problem is that battery life technology just isn't advancing at the same rate as other technologies are and so no matter what industry you're in you know no matter if if you're using an iPhone or if you're using a game system i think battery life is just one of those things that people yeah. need to put more of a focus on and it really isn't getting enough attention uh because these these don't last very long i think uh, they mentioned so. it on RFN but basically the battery for the new 3DS will last longer but 
because the system is more powerful in actuality it lasts the same amount as the existing systems right exactly it's it's just using up more so it's just kind of eating its own tail almost yeah basically yeah um, so. but yeah i mean we're not really thinking too outside the box with all these ideas you got any outside the box ideas uh god yeah i mean you need to really be nintendo to think yeah, outside know, the right? box don't you so uh i don't have much anything you can dredge up ballet it's been rumoured, this isn't really thinking outside the box, I'm afraid, but it's been rumoured that you're going to be able to use um, a 3DS as um, a controller for Super Smash Bros. Right, and that kind of lends credence to the idea of making uh, compatibility between the two devices stronger. So Yeah, but in know. terms of outside the box, I don't know. Um, what about more... What? What those cards you get? You got uh, the, the uh, AR cards, yeah, right? More, do something cool with an AR card game, or you something. know? I don't know. I'm AR not... AR was cool for about three days, yeah, and then I, know, I forgot right? about it. Yeah. It's really awesome. I love that stuff. And uh, re- quite recently, I was looking through uh, on my computer. I had uh, a backup of my 3DS, and there were photos on there that I'd taken around the launch week of 3DS uh, when I just got it, and I was messing around with all that yeah. stuff and nostalgic. Yeah, it's it's really fun, and there's pictures of like a giant version of your me with a tiny version of my me just sitting there, <laughs> and some really silly stuff that I took pictures of, and you know, there's there's interesting stuff going on in that arena, but it's just not really contributing much to, in terms of games and that stuff. I'm really interested, so so yeah, it it would be nice, but not really too bothered about it in all honesty. Yeah, I mean, I think everything we've seen the new 3ds is it's a pretty safe upgrade like they're not going for anything overly spectacular or different about it but it's got some nice um sort of gradual improvements that are nice to see for especially for people like me who only bought the original 3ds undoubtedly um so our next question is from jack so i was listening through your podcasts as i've been going through them recently and i really liked the jukebox segment this made me wonder, what are your favorite Nintendo video game tracks? Mine would have to be the Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire Elite 4 music and the Brinstar stage music from Super Smash Bros. Melee. I'm guessing it's from a Metroid game, but I've never played any, so I don't recognize it. Thanks for the podcast, and keep them up. They're amazing. First of all, you need to play a Metroid game, Jack. <laughs> that would be a great start. But anyway. Coming from Bally, who has, uh, has only bound... just started playing Metroid games, but yeah. But uh, with with the fact that the Metroid series doesn't have that many entries, you're pretty uh, deep into them, I would say. Yeah, I've played a solid three. Definitely going to play uh, more. Bally, we're both big fans of uh, game music uh, in many different forms. Uh, What what are some of your favorite tracks? Uh, I won't ask you to pick a single one because I believe that is quite difficult. Yeah, uh, give me some some um... big hits, some big hitters. (laughs) I do agree that Ruby and Sapphire Elite 4 music is very good. Um, For me... I love the Wind Waker soundtrack. I love everything about that game, including the soundtrack. I think Wind Waker and Skyward Sword are probably the two best Zelda games. Although I do love Link Between Worlds soundtrack. Link Between Worlds just remixes a lot of that uh, classic stuff. Um, And I think if if I'm going to pick one of those songs out, it's the Dark World theme from uh, Link to the Past, which is a... That one. 
Yeah, that's, that, that's uh, great. And I, I, I would say probably that song, but the remix version in Link Between Worlds for me. Yeah. Something like that. Um, I love the way that music plays an intrinsic part of the story within Wind Waker. Maybe intrinsic's a strong word, but for the final two dun- dungeons, when Medley, for example, is playing her harp, you're actually harmonizing her with the Wind Waker like it's kind of difficult to explain on a podcast but there's basically no I've said that wrong haven't I you're not harmonizing her but the, the theme tune for the, the 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 dungeon that Medley is part of and the dungeon that Makar is part of their two theme songs cross over into the Wind Waker main theme oh wow like, I didn't though, even realize they, they, that they literally overlap and then become the, the Wind Waker main theme which is really cool um, and I do love that it's kind of this Celtic Celtic sounding music um, and yeah just having played Trine 2 I think that's got a great soundtrack uh, Metroid is another great you got the Magmore Caverns uh, Ridley's Caverns. Hideout track uh, that is a standout one for sure yeah um, I gotta give shout outs to Mega Man 2 Yes, Wily Stage, Wily Stage, one of the best video games. Uh, and I think the remix songs. they did for Super Smash Brothers, which was actually used as one of the the bridges in the last episode. Um, I think that is the best version of Mega Man 2's theme song because they it's, really it's a damn it. good one. Yeah, yeah, to be sure. Uh, although I've never played it, the original Castlevania has a fantastic main theme it is oh it's so so good i uh i think you know during while we're talking about this i'm just gonna in in editing i'm gonna play some of these songs in the background so people know what they sound like but the main theme for castlevania castlevania uh is just it's just taking 8-bit music and doing so much with it so so interesting um and uh, for me for me i really like the Pikmin series, some of the music in Pikmin 3 um, and all of these songs that get conglomerated together in Super Smash Brothers, which is one of the best bits about Super Smash Brothers. You can just like listen to all these musical tracks that they've just put together. It's really good to see. But yeah, Pikmin 3 is another game that I... I, I don't know the names of individual tracks often, but um, I love that game's music. Alright, and uh, I think to close this out I would say probably uh, very recently I mean this this song has come to be like one of my favorites but uh, it's it's called engage the enemy and it's from xenoblade and it plays quite a lot in really important cutscenes and it is just phenomenal the places it goes it's just so tonally up and down and there's there's very quiet moments and somber moments but then it ramps up and there's you know the heavy guitar in the background it's it's just a journey it's a journey of a musical piece and is my favorite track in the whole of xenoblade which to my mind has one of my favorite original soundtracks of of all time in any video game so that one is a big one for me um i would also pick uh cornered from the phoenix wright games uh those games generally have a fantastic soundtrack that one in particular is excellent and uh, I want to give a quick mention to uh, an independent game that was out on 3DS that I'm a huge fan of, which is VVV VVV, uh, and for my money has incredible, incredible 8-bit music. Uh, and uh, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff I love, a lot of stuff I'm a big fan of, and uh, 
I can't really choose one, unfortunately, because that is that's too much, too much to do. And don't it's, forget uh, Yoshi's Island. I love that too. Very great. Nice. Yeah, sure. Um, and yeah, I'm sure we will do a jukebox segment at some point in the near future. So we'll have probably some, some of these will be coming up. I we hope. will have uh, some more music appreciation then. Yeah, don't worry about it. We will, we will certainly do that. So our final email this week, if we can squeeze it in. MBZ and Bally, it's me again, Luis, and I would like to share my experiences with younger gamers and ask for an opinion. I have an eight-year-old cousin that I am sometimes with, and I bought him a 3DS, but his parents traded it for a DSi XL. When it came to games, he always copied me, so he played Pokemon and got overattached to a Kingdra called Beat, and didn't want other games until he was level 100. But when he succeeded, he wanted to play games that I had for my DS, including games like Shimigami Tensei, Devil Survi- Shimigami Tensei, Devil Survivor, and Castlevania, which he ended up not liking. So I gave him a bunch of random games like the Digimon Story RPGs, which, by the way, are the most underrated games of all time, and Kirby. But the thing that saddens both of us more than his parents trading in the 3DS for a DSi XL was my cousin wanted a 3DS to play Pokemon and Smash with me, but his parents bought him a tablet instead. He hates the tablet. He only uses it for YouTube. He recognizes that he got shafted with it. He was happy to have Minecraft like I did, but he noticed that he couldn't do anything like I did on my PC. So is it possible for a kid to notice that he got shafted when buying a system from having a very small experience with games? Well, I guess he is relatively perceptive in that sense, but he did have experience of already owning game systems before the tablet. So... You know, he he he'd seen the light side, and when he was cast into the darkness, I think that uh, <laughs> that he he was very aware of it. Well, the difference comes with my cousin, where all he knows is the dark side, and so when you yeah. give him something else, uh, it's it's kind of a different affair. But uh, that sucks. That really sucks. You know, getting a 3ds traded for a, a previous generation handheld. Uh, that's a real shame. And like, I, I'd be really curious as to like the reasons that these parents gave for first of all trading in the 3ds and secondly getting the tablet because i maybe the 3ds is to do with the 3d and i would argue we'll get a 2ds it could be yeah yeah um, and with, with regards to the tablet we were saying this last time on the show but p- parents just have this inbuilt idea that the tablet will be better than the game system because they won't play games on the tablet when in a, when in, in actuality plenty of kids play loads of games on tablets and they're often worse as a result but anyway yeah um well i guess uh thanks for sharing that story with us it's uh, it's always nice to hear those and uh nice little follow-up to our, our segment last time but uh i guess that we are pretty much done here with emails we are of course running low the email bag is getting slim so bali where should these people send their emails if they want to get them read on the show send all your emails to nyppquestions at gmail.com and yes we're gonna read that more next time hopefully we hope so. Uh, until then, uh, we are going to take a little break and we'll return for our final segment where we're just going to have a smash attack and uh, talk all about our impressions from the demo, all the new rosters uh, and all that good stuff. So uh, join us back then. We will be right back.
Right, we are back for our third and final segment of the show, and uh, as we uh, stated before, we're going to be discussing some stuff uh, surrounding Smash Brothers. It is impending, and it's obviously already released in Japan, and uh, a lot of people know a lot about the game, if not everything about the game at this point. I've been steering away from some of the uh, more super, super deep stuff, just because I want to experience it on my own, but there's uh, a lot of stuff that has... Uh, come to light uh, most of all the final roster for the game has been fully revealed so uh, Bally uh, we're going to talk about that for a little bit and uh, and give our thoughts I guess on uh, on this final set of characters so uh, from the current standpoint looking at it now what do you think you think you're satisfied happy with what we got I am very satisfied um, I said before it'd be nice to have one more secret up up the sleeve but 48 characters I, how can you complain? Like that is just so many characters. I, I am ecstatic. I was actually a little worried for a little while. I should I should have said this maybe a few weeks ago that Wario might have been cut, but I'm I'm glad to glad to see he's back. Um, out of the newcomers, of the newcomers, I've not played as because we've obviously had a little go with Mega Man and Animal, uh, Animal Crossing and Villager. Um, I'd probably say I'm excited to try out Rosalina. Because she's got some interesting move combos. She seems like the ice climbers of this game, uh, yeah. and I guess bringing up ice climbers, they uh, they seem to have been dropped from the roster. Uh, and I believe I read something on NeoGaf, uh, an interview with Sakurai and Famitsu, where he kind of said that the reason for that was the 3DS wouldn't have been able to handle it. So if you think about it, the potential is that you have four-player matches where everyone is playing as ice climbers. That's a lot of stuff. And I know, but isn't Rosalina that like the Ice Climbers with Luma? Is that I not... would I wouldn't say it's that drastic because Luma is a very tiny object, okay. you know, on the screen. I would say that it's it's much easier to render that stuff. But when you're talking Ice Climbers, you're talking essentially eight characters on the screen at once. If you wanted to maintain the frame rate, if you wanted to maintain the resolution and uh, everything uh, to that effect, then. I guess he has to drop Ice Climbers. You know, there is still the possibility that they may be, you know, some sort of DLC later on. We'll get to talking yeah. about that stuff in a bit. But um, yeah, they seem to have been cut. Are you are you uh, gutted that they're gone? Are you, do you really care? I I'm easy either way. Really, I never used them. Um, I they've only ever had one game, right? Yeah, I, mean, I believe like, so. I, they were kind of in that. It's unfair to say they were in sort of the Jigglypuff area of having... Just because they've been in previous Smashes, they have to be in the next one. Because Jigglypuff was actually in the very first game, whereas Ice Climbers came in at Melee. Um, I was going to say just, how can anyone be complaining about 48 characters when you look back at, for example, Smash Brothers 64 that we were playing the other day? And we right. said, and there were, we hadn't, you hadn't unlocked the final three characters, but even once you had unlocked the final three, I think it's got a roster of 12 characters. Yeah. Or is it I, 10 I characters? So. I, think, I think 12 is the number. Yeah, 12. Yeah. So, I mean, 48 Nintendo characters. I, I don't see a lot wrong with that. Now, everyone knows I'm a massive Ridley fan. Um, and, I mean, he's not going to be on the 3DS version. Certainly not at launch, um, even if there is DLC. And I guess, is there anything else you want to say before we talk about the potential of DLC? Are you happy with this roster? Well, yeah, I, I think that it needed the final gem, yeah. which I agree is is something like Ridley or even Mewtwo coming back, maybe. Uh, but I would be more in favor of Ridley. But 
I guess if we're looking over some of the other returning faces, we've got Game & Watch is back in there, Falco is uh, returning, so is Jigglypuff. Um, I was kind of wary about Jigglypuff just because, you know, it's not really one of those characters that you think should be in Smash anymore, but at this point I feel that Jigglypuff is more of a Smash character than it is a Pokemon. I mean, uh, yeah, I was going to say there's probably people getting into Pokemon at the XY generation who don't even know who Jigglypuff is. <laughs> and they yeah, just, and they, they, they of... may be wondering, like, why have they chosen this one in particular? It seems yeah. a little bit weird. Uh, Pokemon's very we- widely represented. There are five characters, individually five characters uh, mm. from that series, which I believe is the second most popular after the Mario series. Uh, yeah. Because, uh, you know, there, there, are, there are other, you know, well-represented ones, but a lot of clones in there, then Pokemon is pretty distinctive. You know, each of them are very different, uh, and they play very differently, so that's cool and pretty interesting. Um, The big reveals, uh, you know, that uh, weren't actually put out there uh, until the game came out was the Duck Hunt dog, um, and, uh, and, you know, there's Doc Pitt and Dr. Mario, but I think Duck Hunt dog is the big one that everyone's really crazy about. Um, Excited to play as him? Yeah, it looks cool. I I thought it was a really unique idea to have the Duck Hunt Dog, um, a game I know very little about. I've never played it. I I don't know anything about that game really. Um, but yeah, it's cool to cool to see it. It was so unexpected, and that's what I do love about this roster. Is there's a few characters on there who you would have never have predicted. Just I like mean, come on, we fit trainer. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> how can you forget her? crazy um, so it it they are the characters that make smash smash it's not ridley or any of the pokemon or even mario that makes smash brothers smash brothers it's the quirky characters in my opinion yeah. that and smash i, I brothers, was smash going brothers. to talk about how bowser jr seems like a very boring character but the fact of the matter is they've done really interesting they made stuff them exciting him. yeah exactly and you know if they just slapped on bowser jr onto the roster and just had him waddling about as a normal character i think people would have been kind of upset at that because he doesn't seem particularly interesting or different but what they did is they put him in the in the vehicle and they made some unique moves based around that and they have the koopalings there's alternate costumes for him so i mean they yeah. were a big surprise for mario kart and now they've been shoved in at last minute to smash brothers it's like, it's, you know, they are, they really seem to be pushing that angle. I'm not sure if there's some kind of plan they have for a Koopalings game sometime soon, but you'd think with all this, uh, you know, usage yeah. of them in recent titles that maybe, you know, that's, that could be an expected thing. Um, obviously, I'm very excited to play as Shulk and see how he plays uh, because I'm a huge Xenoblade fan and... Um, I think that it's a really good sign that he's part of this roster just because it just cements Xenoblade as a series for Nintendo and you know Sakurai was saying when he cut Ice Climbers that you know they've only had one game and it's not a series that has anything on the horizon they're not really prioritizing it and you know you could kind of ring a, a different bell about Shulk because not only do you have the sequel to Xenoblade uh, coming out on Wii U next year but there's the port to the 3DS and uh, he's been pushed pretty hard he had his own trailer so I'm very excited to have him there and uh, it bodes well for me honestly uh, for the rest of the series of uh, the future of that series So, mm. so yeah so when are we going to get the DLC? <laughs> right. So that is that is the uh, that's the possibility that we still have is 
my theory that the Wii U version still needs to have some secrets for people to be interested in it, right? And what better way to do that than with some surprise characters? Now, if you take a look at the roster as it currently is, if there were four more characters, it would fill up the screen completely. Every block would be perfectly aligned, and we would have a solid roster. That would be... 54 if you're counting the Miis and three fighters yeah. uh, total total characters that would be extremely no, good and I think that I think, it, it? maybe but it, it does whatever it, yeah. whatever it is it's a fuck ton of characters and it really would solidify that as an excellent just outstanding roster I have you seen Alax's video on this I have indeed yes um, I'm pretty on his side with what could happen shall I just quickly explain what yeah, he thinks quick give and the I guess this is what I think so he's been following I think it's what's called the Famitsu leak um, right. now there were there are basically only four characters on that leak that haven't made it into into the game but I think every single other character did yes so and it's and it's funny that you should say there should that there a space for four more characters because he's suggesting that those four characters are the following four they are Dixie Kong the chorus kids um from Rhythm Heaven um Mewtwo and Ridley so his suggestion is that when the Wii U version comes out um they will be on the Wii U version but if you have the 3DS version and you link it to the Wii U version, you'll be able to get the three the, those four exclusive characters on the 3DS as well. And the logic behind this is that ultimately it's going to sell Wii U's because that's what Nintendo really need to do right now is sell Wii U's. We've said it so many times on this podcast. Um, they're not having as many issues with the 3DS and having four characters like that, especially someone like Mewtwo and Ridley who have been demanded so much by the fans, it's crazy. Um, having those characters on the two games and yeah sell some Wii U's what do you think of his theory that I am quite in favour of and I think might happen well, it's pretty much the same one that I you know talked about last time when yeah, I was thinking exactly. you know this is going to be the DLC going down um, what I do think though is that eventually they will make those characters available to download on the 3ds version as paid dlc but i don't think they'll do that right away because if you do that right away it reduces the incentive to buy the wii u version so what you do initially is you have them exclusive to the connectivity function so if you have a 3ds and wii u in both games then you're guaranteed to get it but uh, if you don't then you're gonna have to wait and at some point maybe uh you know spring of next year or even in the summer nintendo will then say all right if you didn't buy the Wii U version and you'll still have no incentive to buy it and you don't want it and you still want these characters, we'll put them up on the eShop as paid for downloadable content and you can get them. And I think that that may piss some people off, but I think it is kind of necessary if Nintendo actually want to push units of their mm. home system. Uh, and I think, in all honesty, like we were saying before, I think those four characters are easily the gem on the top of this roster. Oh, no easily, doubt about that. 
Ridley would and, be you know, great. people may complain about Dixie Kong, but I think that she is very she's cool. unique. Yeah. She's unique in the way that she plays, um, even in the Donkey Kong Country games. And so yeah. I definitely think they can do some very interesting stuff with her, regardless of her. Essentially, some people may think of her as a Diddy clone, but she really wouldn't be, uh, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, the chorus man, that's just completely wacky out of left field. And uh, Mewtwo and Ridley are two very solid, solid picks. So. I'm certainly uh, all with that theory. I'm, I'm very much down with it. And I hope it's true. Because they need to have some more stuff to get people excited and hyped about the Wii U version. Otherwise, it, it does become a little bit of a tricky proposition. for. And do you think they people. would just announce that on launch, launch day of the Wii U version? So it would be hype train, hype train, hype train, go out and buy a Wii U kind of thing? I think it may be unwise to do that. I think they may... You know they announced... Um... Hyrule Warriors DLC today. They did indeed. Yeah, yeah they uh, they announced some of the boss characters of that game are going to be uh, coming uh, as available playable soon. characters. Yeah, so it's, so yeah. there. I mean, there is of course the option that similar to how Hyrule Warriors did it, the DLC will come maybe a month or two after launch. Um, but uh, you know, I think maybe launch day is when you want to do it because you're getting around the hype. It's going to be coming out. I think it's confirmed at this point, even though Nintendo haven't confirmed it. But we've had enough leaks that it's coming out on November 21st, at least in Europe. Um, same America month as that Mario same. Kart DLC. Exactly, that's going to be uh, a some month. Uh, I hope so. November's uh, looking pretty good. So October's so, not bad either. <laughs> you know, it's uh, things. Things crunch time is crunch time is coming. It's the holiday season, so. That makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense that would uh, take place. But um, but yeah, I guess enough about the roster speculation, not even speculation. Talking about the uh, the roster, um, let's get to impressions of the game itself because very recently Nintendo released a special demo that uh, became available to some select members of Club Nintendo, and uh, the full demo is coming out tomorrow, the time of recording this, which is Friday the 19th of September. Um, but Bali and I, uh, through some very fortunate uh, people, uh, not fortunate people, through some very fortunate circumstances from some generous people on Twitter, uh, both acquired uh, codes for the demo for early access to it. And we've been playing it, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. It has really uh, taken some of the concerns we had and laid them to rest. So, Bali, what are your opinions and thoughts on the 3DS version thus far? Ever since the 3DS version was announced, I was really concerned that the screen would feel too small or that it'd be really hard to make the characters feel as slick with something like the circle pad versus an analog stick uh, the buttons will feel too small stuff like that but all those concerns have been washed away by this demo because in all honesty it feels great it feels so smooth it's it feels, just like everyone said, a bit quicker than Brawl, but slower than Melee, and that feels really nice for me. Um, I've already tested out my main, which is Mario, and he's feeling fantastic. I couldn't I couldn't be happier with how the demo feels. Um, As a testament to Mario, I've been getting into using Mario, so I should tell you how good Mario plays in this game. He's yeah. uh, a force to be reckoned with, I tell you what, he's uh, he's really fun to use. And that's the great thing about this demo is that I'm not, it's not spoiling much of the game for me. I mean, I'm I'm playing a bit with Mega Man and Villager and getting to know their movesets, which are awesome movesets we could maybe get onto in a second. But it, it has alleviated that main concern I had, like I was saying. And 
I don't know many of the stages. I, well, obviously, I know the stages and the characters, but I've not played as them or played on those stages. Um, but just the the basic mechanics of fighting on the 3DS with the 3D turned on feels great. I'm really happy. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty fantastic, and especially when it comes to the fidelity and the frame rate and everything, it's just dead solid. You know, it runs at 60. Even in 3D, it's just a dream, and it performs so, so well. It looks great, and it plays great, and uh, I'm pretty pretty blown away by it. So, despite the fact that there are five characters in one stage, I have put, as I said before, about eight hours into this demo. Uh, what about you, Bally? How long have you played it for? I've played about four and a half hours. Um, so, yeah, I've not got the bug, as it were, as much as you have with this demo, but um, I'm definitely going to play a lot more of it before October the 3rd. Um, do you think maybe we should do a little run-through of the five characters and just give a quick spiel on how they all, how they all feel? Sure. Uh, I mean, I guess we'll start with Mario because he's uh, he's the main man. Um, he's super smooth. He's silky smooth, and I feel like he uh, pushes a lot of buttons in terms of combos and being able to do stuff in the air. Uh, he still plays uh, as Bally plays him. If you want to do that, which is just <laughs> spam fireballs and then go for the uh, forward smash. Um, but uh, but I've I've had a lot of fun with him so far. Yeah, like I said, he feels almost well not identical to brawl but yeah i think mario has changed the least over the four smash brothers games and we actually played all four smash brothers the other day in bz we did yeah i played as mario in all four games and he was feeling silky smooth in my opinion in all of them but yeah like you said the most recent version he's feeling good yeah uh next up is link who i believe has been really buffed uh as part of this game he he was not that great in Brawl, as far as I can recall. Really and slow. So yeah, slow. Yeah, very plodding. But in this game, he has uh, uh, kind of an interesting change in terms of his forward smash, or his running forward smash. He jumps uh, as, before he performs it, which allows you to jump over some projectiles and gives you a bit more um, spacing... Uh, uh, stuff to think about and uh, his arrows have been oh. extremely powered up <laughs> to the point at which if you're in sudden death you charge up an arrow and it shoots the opponent off the screen which I believe is not something you can do in previous games. So. Definitely not and yeah it does I think 12 12 damage or 14 damage I think it's 12 damage I don't the know. arrow fully charged um, but yeah that forward um, jumping A move I really like because if you're stationary and do the A neutral move so, sort of his little 3 three A move combo that it'll knock the character back the exact distance that Link jumps when he then does that forward A so like you uh. can do a combo followed by that combo in my, I think and it feels really smooth and like you said the arrows so powerful and he's just so much quicker than he was in Brawl um, definitely he's, he's still kind of slow when it comes to his down A and, and that sort of thing yeah, but that's yeah. to be expected because that move is very very powerful yeah uh, and so. then he's got the really powerful slow one and then in Brawl they gave Toon Link the much quicker less powerful one I think they'll do right. that again which they is probably nice will. balance definitely uh, so I guess moving on to Pikachu uh, he's probably the, the character I've played the least of in this game. You probably the, the yeah, same. Yeah, same. Um, he doesn't feel that different to me. Yeah. Uh, I never really played a lot of Pikachu in the first place, but uh, he's still kind of easy to pick up and go with, and, and doesn't require a lot of uh, you know attention. But 
but he's he's good. He, he uh, I guess, feels more slick as a result of just the whole general feel of this game being that way. I think he but... feels the same. I think the way his um his electricity looks, it, I think it really looks a lot better. Like it's not quite as it's really hard to describe how electricity looks. Um, but. It just looks a bit different. It's almost like it's a bit more blue than yellow, I guess, or something. It just, it, yeah. It's really difficult to explain, but you'll notice if you play it that it just looks a bit crisper, I think, and works nicely with the 3D. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty good. So uh, the new characters, then we uh, we got Villager, who is probably one of the most unique characters in a Smash Brothers yeah. game. Uh, his move set is extremely crazy, and uh, yeah, I'm I've pretty uh pretty hard to get your head around but really fun uh, in all honesty i really like that they put villager and Mega Man in this demo they're just sort of so here are a couple of newcomers we announced a very long time ago hope you like right. them sort of thing like it was it's really good they put them in yeah it kind of brings you back on on the hype train to some degree for those characters because they were the first two newcomers yeah. to ever be announced uh back at e3 2012 i think at this point yeah um or, or yeah maybe it was, it was 13 was, i can't maybe remember it was 13 now. Thank no, it was you. thirteen. It yeah. was two thousand thirteen. Uh, but uh, yeah, the, those those guys are great. They are really fantastic. And uh, yeah, Villager in particular has his his weird tree that he plants. And Balian, I at first thought it was dumb and it didn't really make much sense. But it can become a very tactical element of the battle. I think as a ledge guarding move, I think that's its its biggest forte. Yeah, um, I I do think his side B, the gyroid, is awesome because you can choose to either just fire it off or actually get on it, depending yeah. on how long you hold side B. I think that's a really nice um, addition, and and just his smashes in general are all themed around Animal Crossing, which is really cool. Like his up smash, for example, is just fireworks, which looks cool. Yeah, and he's got the slingshot as one of his side airs, and uh, some just crazy stuff overall for that guy uh, his recovery is also insane like the, yeah. uh, the amount that you can get back on the stage he's almost the pit uh, from Brawl of this game uh, where he just he doesn't doesn't go anywhere he just comes back and again and again uh, so so that's pretty cool uh, a little bit slow of course because that's the nature of his character but yeah. I guess he's kind of uh, made up for I with, think uh, I think different... he will be fine in competitive play to be honest I think some people will really get into him yeah uh, so I guess finally Mega Man who I really enjoyed playing as and I think is going to be one of my favourite characters to use in this game he's just he's so different and the way he jumps is weird because it's keeping in sync with his actual original uh, sprite movements from the original Mega Man games even when he dies it uses the same animation from you know those NES titles it's so well-themed. I think Mega Man is the best-themed character of all of them. Yeah, no, I agree. I think Villager's up there with him. Um, I th- I found Mega Man incredibly difficult to pick up and play. Um, I don't know if you'd agree, but... I did spend a lot of time yeah. getting to grips with him, for sure. So, you know, I, I did spend most of my uh, original playthrough of the demo just Mega Man, Mega Man, Mega Man, going up against different levels of CPUs, testing out his moves, seeing what worked and what didn't, what I enjoyed about him, and uh, kind of just focusing on his strengths. Have you mastered his B-neutral one his, where he throws uh, the gear? Is it a the gear? metal blade, yeah. The, blade, the metal yeah. blades. Um have you Not worked completely? out how to do that in different... It can go eight directions? I have. I have 
I figured out how to do it in different directions. It is kind of hard to master, it but is, isn't you, it? Uh, yeah. you are able to do it in eight different directions. You can do it diagonally and up, down, left, right. It's uh, yeah, it's a pretty cool, uh, cool item and uh, a very iconic one from the Mega Man series, being from Mega Man Two. So yeah, I think yeah, the addition of Mega Man is awesome. It's nice he's in this demo. I, from my experience, he's you really have to get into him. Like his moves feel so different. For example, his A neutral is just his Mega Buster, and yeah. while it does damage, it unlike say a Mario Punch or a Link Sword Swipe, it doesn't actually knock back the opponent in any way to my knowledge would you disagree mbz or i i think if you're running at someone and you're doing it there's a little bit of uh of back push but a not, little not bit a huge but I, i'm always used to that sort of three move combo of mario's punches and then the enemy will the other fighter will get knocked back a bit whereas with Mega Man, he stays right up in your vicinity and it feels like you have to then use another move to to clear them off almost yeah yeah, but, I mean his his smashes are awesome because the two side smashes are ranged, which is really cool to see. Um, I don't think there's many other characters that have much range on their side smashes. I mean everyone's got a little bit of range, but Mega Man's properly just kind of creates this wave that goes a solid, I don't know, five meters in Smash Brothers Land. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, like yeah. half the stage, maybe. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So. Uh, so yeah, th- th- those are our impressions of the characters. Have. A lot of fun playing with all of them, and um, it just it gets me so excited to get this final game because the amount of time I put into this demo with just five characters makes me think if I'm going to try and and one game mode, right? One one stage, one game mode. I'm thinking, how much time am I going to put into the final product? Because I want to get to grips with every character. I want to try all their moves, discover what's good and what works and what I like, and with. A, a roster like this that's going to take a long time I'll tell you what getting all those trophies in classic mode as well I'm looking forward to it it's going to be a lot of fun and uh, yeah October 3rd not it's, far it's now yeah not far at all uh, I guess when's our next show coming up I think we'll probably have the game by that point so uh, I think next time we're going to be recording is going to be the weekend starting September the twenty seventh, uh, or the fifth. Oh no, yeah, you're right. The fifth, fifth of October. Yeah, I'm doing one week, not two weeks. Yep. Yeah. The fourth yep. and fifth of October. So, as long as we can get it on the Friday, we'll, we we should be able to give a few first impressions. Totally, and uh, and hopefully uh, you guys will be playing along with us because uh, I'm sure that uh, most of our audience are uh, very much down to get Smash. So. Uh, so we're looking forward and we've to done that. a few YouTube videos as well you should check that out on MBZ's channel right yeah. I have, I've uploaded some matches some local matches that we had with the demo and uh, those are a lot of fun so you can uh, go view those in any case uh, we are going to close out our show though here today um, and uh, it's been a good one but uh, it has to end at some point and, uh, and yeah we're going to do that so before we go uh, let's plug ourselves a little bit you can follow me on Twitter I'm at LordNBZ and I'm also on Meverse uh, LordNBZ is the name there uh, Bally has something else to plug so why don't you talk about that for a second Bally okay so some of you may be aware I, I tweeted this a, a little bit ago but I am actually running my first ever marathon uh, um, big feat to be sure yeah so this is the Loch Ness marathon as in you know the Loch Ness monster and all that jazz so I'm running it on September the 27th 28th September 28th 
So next and, week, basically. Yeah, next week. So next time of recording, um, I will have died already. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm raising a bit of money for charity. Now let me explain what charity I'm raising money for. So I'm raising money for the NSPCC, which is a, an organisation in the UK, um, which is the National Society of Protection of Cruelty Against Children. So... I used to be a... There's an organization within this um, organization called Childline. So Childline, like it sounds like, is actually a helpline for young people to call on the phones and uh, talk to counselors about any issues they have, whether that's bullying or just want a chat or anything. It, It can get an awful lot more serious than that, sort of like suicide and other things like that. So I actually used to be a Childline counselor. So... In return, I'm going to fundraise a bit of money for this organization, and I'd love it if any of you out there wanted to help me out a bit. So um, I've set up a Just Giving page. Um, it can be found, I'm sure MBZ will put it in the show notes, but it I will is www.justgiving.com forward slash A hyphen Valentine. That's B A L L A N T Y N E. And yes, that is my name if you want to find out. Um, and yeah, you can see the page there, see how much I've raised. Um, I talk a bit more about Childline. But yeah, if you could do that, that'd be great. And if you follow Bali on Twitter, you'll be able to uh, find a link there as well. So yeah. uh, if you want to. Yeah, my Twitter is at Ballyman91, B A L Y M A N. Nine one, and that is also my name on Meverse. I've been posting quite a bit of trying to, and like I said, I've got a bit more trying to to play. So, gonna get on that and post some more. And yeah, I've been tweeting a lot about I don't know Smash Brothers. I mean, that's all the hype right now. I guess Hyrule totally. Warriors is coming out and stuff like that. So, indeed, uh, excellent. So uh, yeah, good good luck with your marathon, Bali. Oh, thank it, you very much. Goes well, hope it goes I well. Ho- I hope so. And hope you are not too uh, tired afterwards <laughs> that you won't be able to record. I'm aiming after, so. for under four hours. That's the target. So we'll see if I can do that. Excellent. Um, uh, again, uh, let's just plug our email address if you want to send emails in. The address is, as always, Bali. Um, NYPPQuestions at gmail.com. Yep, so keep those coming in. Uh, we've got iTunes reviews. We want people to keep writing. There haven't been any in recent times, and we'd like to fix that. So get onto the iTunes, give us a review. That would be mightily kind of you, and uh, and we would highly appreciate it. Uh, but that is pretty much going to close us out for this week. Uh, so thank you very much for listening. We shall return in a fortnight's time when hopefully Smash Brothers shall be upon us and uh, the hype train shall begin. So uh, thank you, uh, and uh, we will speak with you very soon. Goodbye. Bye. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> all right.
Okay, I am the I am the tiger. I am the clock of the tiger. I of the Oshi. I of the Oshi is the egg of the fight. Wabu. Every time you do that, you always do an obligatory um, smeagol, and you didn't this time. I'm impressed. Okay. All right. Okay, that's fine. You're still holding it back. I'm impressed. Yeah. Well, either that, or I can't do it properly anymore after I vomited my guts out of my teeth. That's so random. It's bad. Okay.